0: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans you are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Now on today's show, we have unfortunate news to discuss as Major League Baseball could not come to terms on a new CBA with the MLBPA The lockout continues, and games have been canceled. Uh, I will be reacting to everything on today's show, particularly how it relates to a Mets team that we are all so excited to watch, and we will now have to wait just a little bit longer to see them on the field. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Now, today's show we're not going to have as structured of a podcast as maybe you're traditionally used to. This is just a reaction. Uh, I waited all day to find out what would happen as most of you probably did, you know, refreshing Twitter, trying to see if there could be some end in sight to this lockout. And there was optimism heading into the day, but that optimism dissipated and now we are left with no baseball for the foreseeable future and canceled games. And I just watched not only Rob Manfred's uh, disaster of a press conference where he was seen laughing and smiling and, you know, looking like your typical movie villain as he announced the cancellation of games and, you know, said that they made their final offer and, you know, talked about all the merits of their offer and how fair they're being and trying to spin the narrative in the direction of the owners that they are in the right here, and they have not done anything wrong. And then I watched some really earnest players and Max Scherzer and Andrew Miller and, of course, Tony Clark, who leads the MLBPA, and I watched them discuss what just felt like the right side of the story. That If you, you watch the two press conferences back-to-back, I don't know how you could come away with that on the side of the owners. I just do not understand it, and that's what I'm reacting to today, and that's what I'm trying to – you know, get my head around is trying to see the end in sight because if you really want to stand with the players, you should be willing and uh, you know understanding of the lost games this year. You should be welcoming lost games because what they're fighting for right now is future generations of players. Uh, Anthony Rizzo really said it best. I want to actually pull up uh, exactly what his tweet. Uh, was because I really felt like it encapsulated. He said, to the fans we will miss you most to the younger generation of baseball players, this is for you. Very simple, very subtle, but uh, very clear that the the union is pretty resolute here. They're, they're gonna stand together and they're gonna fight and they're gonna try to get the deal that is best for them and best for future generations of players. And you know, we can get into all of the layers of this and I really do encourage you to watch. Um, the, la- the latest edition of Locked On Nationals, uh, Josh Neighbors, who I've had on my show a bunch, done a lot of crossovers over the years. He is talking with uh, Lindsey Crosby, the new host of Locked On LB Prospects, who has a business background and is very familiar with all the layers to this CBA. And they're going to go through all the numbers and the nitty gritty. And I do, like I say, encourage you to check that out if you're following me on uh, Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. I'll be res- I'll be sure to retweet any of those episodes. So you can get that information. I'm not the guy that's going to give you the huge breakdown layer by layer of how these two sides are apart. But what I can tell you is that the players are pretty clear in their motivations. Their motivation is right now to get younger players compensated more because there is such an unfair system in place for those players that are entering the league. Because owners have... This monopoly, you know, over the system, they have this control over the players where they come into the league and it's six years of you know paid that is not you know adequate for the production that a lot of them are putting forth. And there's teams now that are relying solely on this young talent. We've talked about it on this show uh, throughout the offseason how the game is changing, how we are seeing teams. You know, look at players, and as soon as they get close to free agency, the notion is not to extend, it's to trade these players and try to get new, young, cheap talent in to once again, you know, take advantage of this system where you can get so much surplus value from young players. That is one of the main things that the MLBPA is fighting against. They're also fighting against a league that is straying away from trying to be competitive top to bottom. They they want parity. They want all of these teams to compete and to not be penalized for competing. And by competing, they're talking about, you know, spending money and having a CBT uh, the collective um, you know the the competitive balance tax threshold, right? To have this function as a essentially a salary cap. It is not under the original intention that the players agreed upon that form of a system. They never want a salary cap. And now when you're seeing a team like the New York Yankees stray away from being a luxury tax team, as Max Scherzer pointed out, saying that, you know, you want to see the biggest problem in the game. The Padres have a bigger payroll than the Yankees. When you see that going on right now, That is a lack of competition that is being fostered throughout the league based on that threshold. The penalties are so severe that even the wealthiest owners aren't willing, unless you're Steve Cohen, to pay those penalties. And if you were to get into a system where those penalties get even worse, which is what the owners were originally pushing for, even a Steve Cohen wouldn't be willing and able to spend because he could be losing draft pick capital and international spending. So that is one of the biggest issues. And it was interesting that, you know, as we went through the, the late night on Monday, where it seemed like a deal was getting put into place, uh, you know, there was this this notion that it was the expanded playoff that was the real sticking point um, and not the collective, uh, or not. The, I keep on saying collective bargaining, not the competitive balance tax, but really that has still been one of the bigger issues um and it's going to continue to be a big issue moving forward uh you know I, I i got a lot to say here um and i want to talk about how this relates to the mets so we're going to do that uh in just a minute here where i will give you you know my take not only on where things stand and you know what the last 24 hours were like but also look ahead um to the season that we hope to still enjoy as mets fans with this team that um you know has so much star power, and unfortunately, that star power right now with the Max Scherzer is you know front and center in a completely different way than we'd like him to be. He's not on the mound; he's in the negotiating room, and hopefully, um, that can end soon, and we can get Mad Max on the rubber where he belongs. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next five coaches is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, I want to take a minute, um, back things up a bit because Monday night was uh, a special moment in time. Maybe we'll forget about it, um, but it's one of those days that you'll just remember where you were, what was happening. As we were all on Twitter, if you're a baseball nut like me, just refreshing to see, you know, which which guy ran across the parking lot next. As there was countless meetings heading late into the night. The MLBPA was um, expressing some optimism in that it seemed like Major League Baseball was finally willing to negotiate and play a ball. And we got this spin, and I'm calling it a spin now, based on the events of Tuesday, where it was spun like there was an agreement that was imminent, that it was getting close. Bob Nightingale was everyone's hero. He was getting all this information that was you know, you know, preaching optimism there, there was end in sight. Well, now we see that there's no deal in place. And all this talk about how that, that, uh, competitive balance tax, I'm struggling with that one today, folks. I don't know what to tell you. I keep on, it starts with, with, with the C and I go straight to collective bargaining instead of competitive balance. Um, But yeah, when it came to the reporting on Monday, it seemed like that wasn't even an issue. At least that's what Andy Martino was reporting. Ended up being a big issue. And I can't shake the notion that the owners set up everything that was going on Monday, not that they weren't negotiating in at least some semblance of good faith. But I can't help but think that they were leaking things to make it seem like this deadline was real and a deal could happen only to be able to submit a final and best offer on Tuesday, which is what they did, and try to put it on the players. And I really hope that people don't buy into that. I really hope that you know people aren't in this situation right now where they're mad that there's no baseball, and they look at the players and they point the blame there because again, it's as clear as day. Major League Baseball was the ones that or were the ones that first started the lockout. It was their decision to lock the players out. It was their decision to wait over forty days to get to the negotiating table. It was their decision to set up the deadline originally for um, you know February twenty eighth and move to five o'clock on March first. To have a full season. It was their decision now to cancel games. You can extend the season by a week. You could still stay at the bargaining table for another day. Try to get a deal done on a Wednesday. And you know, fast track spring training to get to your regularly scheduled opening day at the end of March. You could do all those things. They have chosen not to. They have chosen to frame it as a best and final offer. To try to put pressure on the players. To say, alright, you're going to lose games now. Now you're losing checks. Now you're getting affected financially. And that's supposed to spark a reaction from the players. But right now, the players are standing arm in arm and saying, look, we're not budget. We have our demands. We want to continue to negotiate. And that was the biggest takeaway I had from uh, the press conference with Tony Clark, Max Scherzer, and Andrew Miller. Is that they're still very open to continue negotiating wherever the negotiation has to take place, whether that's New York, Florida, anywhere. they want to get a deal done. But major League Baseball is digging their heels and saying, we've already given you the best offer that we can, you know, uh, you know come come up with. And that is it that that's what they're trying to say right now. Now, I imagine at some point, We'll get some resolution. There has to be, right? It's not like Major League Baseball is just going to cease to exist over this dispute. It could cease to exist for months, which would be very unfortunate. But we're at a point right now where you look at the motivations, and again, the players' motivations are clear. They want the league to be competitive. They want teams to uh, not have incentives in place to tank. They want to see younger players who are not being compensated fairly based on the rising economics in the game to receive more compensation, to be able to get to free agency sooner, which is now off the table, but to be able to maximize the years of their career where they're most valuable instead of just be sitting in this situation where they have to wait it out to get to free agency. And then once they get there, the free agent market is not robust and teams aren't spending. It's clearly a system right now that favors the owners. And what the owners want is status quo because of that. That's their motivation. If there is one, we we aren't clear of their motivation because I feel like their motivation is so nefarious that they don't want to just come out and say it. They, they want to keep their money. And what's frustrating is you see these small market owners who are really um, creating a lot of these issues And the reality is they have the financial wherewithal to spend. And if they don't, there are so many people who want to get into the business of owning one of these professional sports teams. You know, we saw the fight to get the Mets and and how many people were interested and how far as Steve Cohen was willing to go to get his hands on the Mets. There's other Steve Cohen's out there, maybe not quite, uh, to the extent of his wealth, but certainly a lot of wealthy individuals or collectives out there that would want to buy one of these major league baseball teams. So if you're Dick Munford out in Colorado running that joke of an organization, maybe stop pointing fingers you know elsewhere and stop saying, you know we need the league to continue the way it is so that as a small market team, we have a chance when you can just sell the team, collect your, billions of dollars or at least a billion dollars right off into the sunset to whatever beach you want to, whatever private Island and watch your Rockies continue to lose. Um, or maybe they get an owner that's willing to spend and the Rockies can actually have a competitive franchise, but to continue to push this narrative that the players are the problem to me, I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Um, and the most unfortunate thing as we try to bring this back around to a Mets perspective is this is a season that fans have been waiting for for so long with so much enthusiasm around this team. And I hate that we continue to have this, you know, get kicked down the road a bit. Um, and we don't get to watch, you know, Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom atop this starting rotation um, with a lineup behind him that just added some reinforcements and could add more. I want to talk about this from a Mets perspective um, and how unfortunate it is and also how it just kind of sucks that you're in a position where you have an owner that's willing to spend for the first time and there's a league that's trying to limit spending. It's just uh, it's not the outcome any Mets fan wants, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had this resolution since New Year's to eat right. And the thing that has helped me stick to that resolution is having Built Bars because it's a snack that I can go to every day that I know is healthy, that I know is going to come low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, but high in protein. But they're delicious. It's like eating a candy bar. There's so many different flavors to choose from, whether it's the mint brownie bar, coconut, coconut almond, my personal favorite, cookies and cream. There's also... The Built Bar Puffs, which are the first ever protein-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar; they're a treat, and they come covered in 100% real chocolate, just like the protein bars. These are delicious, and there's so many new flavors to choose from. Whether it's the puffs or the bars, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors that you just have to try. So, if you want to see what they have to offer right now, make sure you go to Built.com and use the promo code Lock15. To get 15% off your next order, again, that's promo code LOCK15 or 15% off at built.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while that person behind the counter? puts your order into their computer, only choosing the brand that their warehouse happens to carry for your auto parts needs. Or instead, you can just go to rockout.com, save 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same amount of parts you get at that chain store or a car dealership. RockAuto.com is a family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in there. How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Thanks for making Locked On Match your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby, should be your next listen. Lindsey is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. He also has great information when it comes to this lockout. Locked on MLB Prospects is free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so let's close this thing out uh, with a Mets perspective here as it relates to the lockout. Uh, Again, you see Max Scherzer as a prominent face for the players right now, and it's so frustrating because it it almost just entices you uh, for what is to come whenever a deal is made here and we get a season. And, you know, little things start to, uh, you know, get in jeopardy when you start taking games off the season. Things like, you know, Pete Alonso, uh, you're shortening his career. It's so frustrating. You look at the 2020 season, that one was, uh, you know, out of the owner's control with the pandemic, although they probably could have got more games in than the 60 games they ultimately played. And now you're seeing it again with this lockout, You're taking games off this guy's career and he's chasing records. You know, Pete Alonzo, if he were to stay healthy, and look, this is way early on in his career, but, you know, there's a chance one day he'll be, you know, contending to, to join the 500 home run club if he continues to hit bombs the way he has. Guy has 106 home runs in three seasons. And again, one of them was shortened significantly. So, you know, if he was able to play for, 15 years, and now you look up at the end of his career, suddenly maybe uh, he's a couple home runs short, and that's partially due to the time he's missing right now. You have little things like trying to chase down the franchise record for wins from the 1986 Mets. We don't know if the Mets are going to have that type of a magical season, but it would really be frustrating if you had to justify a winning percentage. To talk about why the 2022 Mets are the greatest team in franchise history, if we're so lucky enough to enjoy that type of a season. But if you get to that point, that would be really frustrating. Or if the Mets, you know, have a chance to have a hundred-win season, you know, even not, you know, touching that franchise record, but just a hundred win season in general is something that's special and something that's rare for this franchise. And maybe if you're only playing 140 games, it might be a little hard to have a hundred-win season, right? So all of these little things that add up and just missing baseball games, you know, we want to go out and, and a lot of us were hoping to go to Port St. Lucie and be able to see that combination of the young stars, the prospects and the actual major league players to be able to see uh, the prospects up close, which I guess you still can see because minor league baseball is maybe the one thing we can count on right now. But if you're talking about a player like Mark Vientos, who's added to the 40 man roster, we won't see them until this lockout ends. And that's unfortunate. It's just, we all want baseball. We really do. But to see the Mets finally be in this position where they're sort of the envy of the sport, right? Being able to go out and, and sign a Max Scherzer and Starling Marte and Mark Cannon, Wardo Escobar, make all these big splashes with more moves to potentially come. And now you're sitting here and we've been contemplating what's next for months None of us really want to continue to do that, you know. There was a ton of interest when I was doing podcasts about the trades that could be made or the freedoms that could be signed, but when you're sitting here with no clear indication of when we'll get a season, the interest in all of that dissipates, and you're losing Mets fans. You're losing that buzz, and I hope that you know the the sport can come back soon enough that that steam can get picked up again and we can get to a point where Mets baseball is once again at the forefront of everyone's minds and we can enjoy a great summer um, with this team, but that's just not a guarantee anymore. And now you are looking at two sides with Rob Manfred playing that, um, you know, evil role. He's the, he's the, the classic movie villain and you got the good guys in place. And if you're really on the side of the good guys, which is the players, you want them to be resolute in their goals. But you also want a season. And if the owners aren't willing to bend, we could be in for a very long and frustrating summer. Who knows? I mean, right now it's just the spring, but summer will be here sooner than later or sooner than you would expect. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even rule out the chance now that we're going to get even less games. I, I, You know, yesterday I said that 154 games would be a nice landing spot I'd be happy with. If anything, 140 games. Hopefully that's still in play, uh, but if Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred really stick to their guns here of, you know, submitting that offer today as their best and final offer, we're we're going to be in for a waiting period that's just going to be um, extraordinarily frustrating. Regardless, though, there's still things to talk about with the New York Mets tomorrow. Perfect example of that. We got a Throwback Thursday. I'll be taking you back and exploring some story from the past when it comes to Mets history. On Friday, we will have our typical Friday farm report as I'll be joined by Jordan Grossman, and we will go through the top five prospects in the Mets system, and we'll continue to have those those days. We'll be locked in here throughout the lockout, so there's always going to be something to talk about. Hopefully, though, we can get back to the present sooner rather than later. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan is your host. We call him Sully, and I'm sure he's going to have uh, a lot of great opinions and takes in regards to the lockout. So That would be a great show for you to check out now if you want more when it comes to your lockout coverage. You can find Locked on MLB wherever you get podcasts.